0: Welcome to Unfiltered, a series brought to you by We Are Outspoken and Women Unlimited. Both are platforms for supporting women and young creatives in the creative and marketing industries. We aim to bring you honest discussions, insight, experiences and tips. This episode is actually our final one of the year and the end of our first series. And we're ending with a really amazing episode. Emily and Siony were joined by, I feel like I need a drum roll, Marina Willer. Marina is currently a partner at a little old place called Pentagram where she became the first ever female partner of Pentagram London. She's a designer, a filmmaker, she's been an examiner at the Royal College of Art, she was the branding jewellery president of GAD and has been on the jewellery several times, and she's just a really lovely person. They discuss design having a positive effect on the world, how to change your passions and your morals, and how to change direction. It's just such a fascinating conversation. I felt like I learned so much from this chat and I felt so positive afterwards. We're really excited to be leaving you with this as our final episode and thank you so much for giving us your time and listening to the series. So, enjoy!
1: So we are super excited to be here talking today with Marina Willer. Here is, of course, the first female partner at Pentagram and has worked on some incredible projects over the years, including work for Macmillan Cancer Support, the Battersea Animal Shelter, and of course, more recently, um, the Rolls-Royce New Identity. Um, And you're obviously a very successful woman. So what we'd love to kick things off with is whether this was always your goal to be in such senior roles, or is it something that you've adapted to along the way, or did you always know right from the beginning, that you wanted to be a leader?
2: Hi. So, yes, first, thank you for having me. It's it's uh, lovely to be talking to you guys. Um, I, I definitely didn't have any plans to be, and I still don't even consider myself any leader in design or anything, but um, I think I always really wanted to do something that felt inspiring and um, that... You know, made life exciting um, for me. And certainly, that, you know, I hope to be able to also uh, do things that had an effect, a positive effect on other people. So, most of the work I have uh, been doing is brands for arts and culture like Tate and, um, you know, South Bank Center and Serpentine and many others in the past and the Opera Ballet recently. And also a lot of charities, like you mentioned the couple, but, you know, with, you know, from Battersea to Maggie's and we we did work on Macmillan's as well and and, uh, Blood Cancer UK. So a lot of projects or Amnesty Awesome that really get me excited because they are, uh, you know, things that can help to change uh, the way the the most uh, unfair aspects of society. Um, or or help people who are dealing with pain. Um, The project with Rolls-Royce was a much more unusual one for me, a bit of a surprise, but it's been really interesting as a challenge to deal with something so, uh, let's say, precious in a way, and be able to bring a different angle and one that wasn't so masculine. (laughs) I think that was a big part of it. So I think these things, they happen Uh, you don't plan for them. I think I just wanted since the beginning to do things that kept my mind uh, always challenged and and interested and curious and then you know you keep searching uh, for you know more projects that are interesting and ways to express yourself and things just happen so that was very much how it happened to me. Not that it's easy and accidental it's just I don't think that you can, uh, I don't think the ambition to be uh, leading or anything is something that can uh, work so well in design. I think the thing that works is a passion for creativity and, and making things that you enjoy. Um, And then, you know, naturally you keep trying to find the right work and they also, the work finds you, I guess.
1: Absolutely I think that's something that we talk a lot about how in the early stages of your careers, like you you can't choose your clients and you can often find yourself stuck in places where you don't necessarily believe wholeheartedly in the work. How would you then go about then finding somewhere that does align with your morals and finding work that you believe in passionately while still then trying to? I don't know, be in a job and work your way up? Because it's so hard to, like, break into the industry as a graduate or a junior.
2: Yes, that's true. And I think I started in a very uh, different place to the kind of things that I I suddenly... uh, I think I just worked on trying to find my passion. And when I was... uh, a junior designer i was in a completely different place i was in brazil i hadn't been to a very good college as such uh, and i started to work uh, but you learn from life you learn from you know my parents are both you know with artistic backgrounds and i was very lucky in that sense and the things you learn from life in general are very valuable as well and like advertising uh, agencies, which is really not what I'm very much interested in. But in those days, also advertising was uh, the leading force in that kind of industry, and especially in Brazil. I think the things we do now reflect uh, much more where the industry is going, because branding and long term uh, design of, uh, you know, expression of, of organizations and businesses is uh where people want and need to invest um so anyway i was doing that and i was really unhappy with the work i was doing so i think everyone's been there i found that it had no soul i was actually earning a lot of money to start because advertising has uh, sometimes crazy salaries that you know is the way at least it was then um, and mm-hmm. i just decided I needed to stop there and make a major change and then I applied for the Royal College of Art and I worked really hard to sort of create a portfolio that was representing myself rather than just the bank as a client or whoever mm-hmm. you know it had more of a personal voice <clears throat> and then, then uh, I was accepted and I moved to London and I think it started again everything started again in terms of work for me because I was a bit in a shock for a bit. I didn't know what my voice was. I was a bit confused, but I had incredible mentors, and especially Margaret, um, who uh, has an exhibition soon at the Design Museum, I think, Uh, Margaret Calvert, was an Mm. incredible mentor for me as a woman, as an incredible mind and figure. And we had really like mad conversations that I you would think that they've got nothing to do with design but in a strange way she was really opening my mind and helping me find my own voice again and then i think i started almost again my journey and and that has been amazing Royal college is a wonderful place i think this changed because of the pressure of uh you know government has cut so much the investments in education unfortunately so I think they are under pressure and it's tough but it was an environment that really really encouraged people and uh, and for me it really worked and from then I started to get projects and jobs where I felt I was doing what I wanted and what I enjoyed but I started again as a junior designer after that and you know and i was super excited and it's a lovely thing so i think we it's very difficult and different now for a new uh, you know for someone coming out of college but i think you still need to chase your passion and if you are creative and you do incredible work you will find you know what we are we just hired a junior designer that we really uh, uh, she's wonderful and she worked with us as an intern for a long time, but it was through showing the commitment that she showed and the talent and the dedication that she managed to find her space. And I know she was also offered a, a job in at SPIN at the same time. So you can see that if you really put your mind and your heart to the things that uh it's tough but you have to work hard and 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 fall in love with what you do not just think oh i want to you know be a leader or anything i just this example because i know how hard it is for people coming out of uni or looking for internship we get emails every day uh, people asking and i feel for them and um but i think you know it is possible to cut through you just have to really put your heart into it and, and, uh, and create good work. And there will be places in the industry that will accommodate, uh, because if even in times of recession, we really need, the thing we most need is invention and talent to find solutions to bigger problems.
3: Yeah, and I think it's interesting, Marina, because I went to the Royal College of Arts. Actually, I think I started right after you finished And for me, the Royal coach was exactly the same thing. I came from Holland and I felt like, you know, I didn't really know what my thing was. And I went to the Royal coach and they give you all the freedom, which is kind of a bit overwhelming as well, because you don't really know where to go. So in the beginning, I was going all all over the place. Um, But I kind of found something, you know, that I really enjoyed. And then when I started working in the industry, I kind of moved away from that a little bit because, you know, you need a job. And I i always, I always kind of tend to go back and I feel like I'm going back to that more now, what I enjoyed then. But I think, you know, it's kind of finding out, it takes time to find out what actually drives you, what gives you energy, what motivates you. And then sometimes yeah. you have to find what you're passionate about in a project. Sometimes that's not exactly aligned with your values, but you can kind of sometimes find you know nuggets or things that align with you and kind of can still motivate you but it's a different element of the project if that makes sense yeah Um, so it's kind of always trying to find like what actually motivates you and what can be what can be in a project
2: to keep you going yeah i think also from the client perspective you, you hope to believe they came to you because there is something about your work and with your work comes your own identity as well that they are looking for so even let's say the latest example for us rose royce very unusual but we did something with it that i hope to think it was a bit different and thinking a bit laterally about what that kind of project would require and that uh, the client needs that because otherwise there will be just another car brand but if you bring a different angle so yeah. it's just of course it's not about you when you're working for a client it's about being able to really make the best out of that brief for them but yeah. I think it's, it's bringing your passion and your Uh, some way of doing things and not trying to do what someone else would do because it never works and I I remember when I did the Tate project was soon after college and I used uh, the same methods that I was using at the college when you make installations and projections with you know mirrors and light and and a fan and this and that and it was like the most weird way of doing something but it's what I was doing inspired by Margaret and you know like there and that is how we created the Tate Identity and very recently I was doing another project 20 years later for Moholy Nagi and I was using some of those uh, filming methods and stuff and I was thinking you know that stuff I learned there uh, or I found in my voice is still so important to me and I think it's it's what every because I think the hard thing for someone starting after college sometimes you're very insecure and you don't quite know what your voice is and you're building and uh, I think just being able to relax a bit and and uh, believe in the things that you've been doing and learning uh, then you can see the picture and where you can bring different solutions, not, not just look at lots of blogs and what else everyone else is doing. I sometimes don't even know what everyone else is doing. <laughs> and in a way it's good because otherwise you feel, oh, I'm going to use this typography here because everyone's doing all that color. Of course, we live in a time and there is there, is, there are aesthetics of our times and we are influenced by that. And we're also creating the, these trends And that's fine. I think that's important. But it doesn't mean you just look at other design and try to use those solutions for something else. It it never works.
1: I think it's very easy, isn't it, to get lost, especially in the early stages of your career. Like, you're surrounded by so many amazing, experienced people and you're like, I want to be like them. And then you want to do everything how they do it. And you sort of forget how you used to do things and you forget that well, actually, you've been hired in, on what you were doing in your way. You don't need to then copy or follow someone else's lead on what they're doing. But it is e- it's easy to get lost in it, isn't it? So, And it's hard to yeah. stay true to you
2: sometimes. It and it it's a balance because we've been finding a way. You also need to be careful you don't just repeat yourself. But I think that's, you know, it's more about, not being afraid of showing some of your passion in the work. So if I do things by photographing or by sketching, it's more about methods and ways of working, rather than trying to see a solution. I think mm-hmm. seeing what, uh, what kind of makes your mind work is is important. Because we all have different, you know, some people just know how to work in the computer. I I normally need to do other things like sketch, write, film, photograph, and then, you know, eventually, and then, of course, I'm in a position now that I'm really lucky to have a wonderful team who knows technically things much better than I do. So if we need to code something or if we need to (coughs) animate to then see the solution, you know, if you are starting, you depend a bit more on your own skills, I guess. That's why i think it's more challenging as well in our times you need to know more tools because that helps you try more things but i think it's not just computers tools it's all kinds of tools yeah
1: i think it's especially difficult as well now with social media and people are like constantly uploading their work to instagram so you're constantly exposed to what other people are doing and then you're like oh gosh well i need to be doing that as well and i need to know how to animate i need to know how to do like everything and it's it's hard sometimes to not feel that pressure to be an expert in absolutely everything. But I think, like you were just saying, it's important to hone in on like what you're good at and what works for you, but then also make use of the skills that you've got in the people around you and work together as a team rather than putting all the pressure on yourself.
3: yeah, and it's yeah. almost like filtering, you know, what you see. What you see out there and kind of use it and how do you apply it to yourself rather than or pick out the things that are useful for you in your method and your process but that works for you and the type of designer you are and then it it just you you get inspired actually rather than trying to copy you know um and you stay closer to yourself as a as a designer what drives you and what you're like what marina was saying you know the the methods that you use, you need to fit it into what works for you. It's, yeah, it's a a tricky one to not kind of, you know, to try and stay on track what you want and what works for you. And that takes time to figure out. That really takes time to figure out. And you have to try things, right? You have to try things. Different agencies, different type of work maybe. I mean, a lot of designers hop around in the beginning of their career exactly for that reason because you don't really –
2: you don't know exactly what your place is yet. I admire when you, you know, you start with one thing, things progress and develop, and um, you know, you get to find your voice and um, and and uh, I think not trying to be good at everything is also important. Just have a an open mind, try different ways, and then partner with people if you need to execute things with technology that you're not familiar with. It's fine. Yeah. Just going back
1: to when we were talking about, like, finding somewhere that aligns with your values and your morals. Say, for example, you're somewhere that doesn't necessarily fit with what you believe in. What, how would you, would you advise someone to, like, maybe do work on some side projects and some side hustles to then help boost them into somewhere that could then
2: work with what they believe in? I think that I've been lucky that I don't have to work with clients that I, you know, have a profound disagreement, you know, I wouldn't work for certain industries, uh, oil or tobacco or, you know, things like that. Of course, you can't be completely furious because the world still needs industries, otherwise everything would stop. So, that even the transition to, uh, with renewable uh, energy and all of that it, it's a process so there's a lot of things that are, are complicated but I think um, I think working with someone that you profoundly disagree with is, is difficult and it doesn't help anyone um, so I think if, even if you're young you need to start to try and find the areas and the fields of within design that you um, have synergy because otherwise it kind of doesn't tend to work um, yes. that's important and I think but uh, you know it's difficult to make a client be what they're not I think you know if you're creating an identity a brand or uh, some kind of form of expression you know it's not anymore just for you it's not for yourself it's to 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 answer certain needs and those needs are needs of a client that comes with their own beliefs so uh, there's no point in getting in a you know a Battle about things there, uh, but you can you can transform industries, and that you know um, there's a book that just came out of uh, from Paula Cher her work with the public theater, and uh, she, you know I organized a talk Pentagram, I mean online for our for everyone that works at Pentagram different studios, and we were going through her journey of 20 years working with the public, and it's incredible because you know everything else in the industry used to look and still looks really, it's like like those posters for Les Miserables or something. You know, yeah. they are they are quite terrible, to be honest. They're very cliched and, you know, they're all the same as well. Uh, and that, and then she said, why does it have to be like this? And she showed how she transformed. Of course, she was able to do that because that was a theatre that had a bit more of a point of view with artistic directors that were wanting to challenge the industry that's why she was able to bring a completely different angle and almost transform the language of what is you know that convention and it's still going and it's still fresh and it changes all the time and it has helped them stand out amongst that you know sea of things that looked very similar so i think that um i think that it is possible to to do that and and But you do need the appetite from the client for change. There's no point in, you know, trying to turn a, a horse into an elephant because, you know, they have their own beliefs and all of that. So sometimes you have to look for the people that you find some synergy with to work. And even, you know, if you are a junior designer, I think then you would be looking for projects and jobs with the bunch of people you want to spend time with. I know it sounds easier than it did, but it will also be easier for you to succeed, I think, because then you're understood. When I was working in advertising so long ago, I was doing well, but I felt that I was doing things that I didn't, couldn't care less, you know, I was. it wasn't, it didn't look like I wanted them to look. I was being someone else, not, not myself. And that's, a waste of a life if you spend all your life doing that i think if if you find your expression and you are satisfied within that and depending on what studio you work for you know there are very creative things happening still it's it's just um a question of finding your space and and space that you have synergy with
1: i think it's really important to remember that design is really powerful and it can have such a big influence on people and help make a positive difference in things
3: yeah I think design is totally like I think we need to beat our own drum a lot more I think design is design thinking and kind of placing you know humans and human needs at the center of what we do to kind of resolve, I mean to resolve big you know challenges that we're facing now I think you know that should be much more standard if you like um because I think then you know when designers get involved in trying to resolve these problems I think we can really we can really change things and I, I think design is in that sense underrated or not overlooked uh, by a lot of industries you know the the what the government is doing and cutting on creative subjects and stuff like that is really bad news. <laughs> I think it's it's so
2: needed i think it's um it's a time uh it's a bit of a turning point isn't it i mean the world can't go on as it is i mean everything that's happening feels like apocalyptic almost uh, the fires covid climate change yeah. these horrendous governments that couldn't care less about life on the planet or life of human beings so life of people who are not white and, you know, privileged. So it is so depressing in a way. But for us, I think there are, it's an opportunity if, if, you know, not, not making opportunistic. It's a time that design should be able to help. So, for example, we have a lot of clients coming to us because they understand that their industries need to work in a different way. We cannot work as we used to six months ago. It has to be different. The future of whatever it is, banking or housing, or, you know, it's all changing because people don't just have that life they used to have. And then also whatever you, in terms of cause, in terms of problems, there are new problems uh, that have become much more uh, crucial, which were always there to do with climate and all of that. So in all of those situations, design can really help those voices and needs find a, a format to communicate with people yeah. and engage with people so i think as, and that's it's like a wave and we need to either you know you need to surf the wave otherwise you get you drown and you need to be with them and and help to you know well i, I look at my children and sometimes I, was, I talk to my mom often and she's in brazil and You know, it's very hard what's happening and and, uh, she's in isolation. She says, you know, I'm devastated about the world that, you know, Alfin Dillon, my children, are growing up to and, um, you know, to live (laughs) with this, you know, like how can we be killing all these forests and animals of what the hell is going on and people, isn't it? And I say to her, well, I'm hoping that people like Alfin Dillon and that generation will be the catalyst for change. They you know, they have no option, but, you know, I hope that we can start to do this much sooner because we can't wait for the children to grow up, and um, so it's the only way we can see things, isn't it, is that we we hope that there are more projects and more opportunities, and we have a lot of clients like that, and I feel really happy that we can engage in those conversations, and they are also really interesting, working for a small client, which is a startup using technology to help education for less privileged communities. And it's almost like using technology to make them move away from technology, because obviously just being glued to the screen doesn't uh, help anyone learn you know, anything about life. So we were talking about that one project, and it's so incredible that those minds in, in the call talking about how, and then we're doing a project with UNESCO, which is about you know they have a uh, an area which is called future literacies which is about trying to anticipate the future and help leaders and governments to foresee things and try to make things better so it's an incredible thing and we're talking to these really interesting people and in all of this i feel oh it's great to be designing uh for those causes for those you know needs and for those briefs because it's things that the world really needs and uh and that's where it's a privilege to be a designer and we have to try and you know get <laughs> doing the things that can make a difference I hope
1: I think especially speaking about um catalyst for change and how we need to move forward what we really need more of as well is more female designers in senior positions and we need to help retain women in the industry and help them move forward in their careers so is there anything that
2: you think that we can do to help that happen yes i i am very <laughs> concerned about that and i have been you know of course within pentagram the first female partner is crazy in london and then we brought astrid and there are people that you know we are constantly talking to and we coming up with ideas but I think in general, we, I think it's not about having quotes or, uh, you know, like uh, some kind of tick boxing systems. To me, it's more about thinking a bit more largely about how we give opportunities to women. And it's not just women. We're talking not only about gender, but we're talking about race. We're talking about people who are less privileged and design tends to be quite privileged. profession, I think, to to even have, uh, to develop the taste for it, you know, you kind of, uh, you know, if I I grew up surrounded by it, so I I can see that helped me in life, right? So I think that uh, in general, and I know this has been a major conversation at Pentagram, because everyone is concerned about it, but it's not an immediate change. You need to create more opportunities, and even from school level to get women and girls to you know to have a voice to you know to be able to participate so i think for us is mentoring is helping you know i've always had a very diverse team and a lot of female designers so i think that comes almost naturally because there's a, a, a some kind of identity thing that i am not not british or and i'm i'm not <laughs> a man obviously I think it it's um in a way you do things in a certain way and people get interested in your work and it kind of is natural but i think we have to force ourselves to think a bit laterally about how to create more opportunities i think with uh women in design in leading roles the difficulty is that a lot of women don't either they the education tend to suppress women's voices rather than get them to feel confident to express themselves and and which is a requirement if you are talking to clients that can be very tough and you know strong and and you tend to see that the male strong voice as Uh, tends to dominate uh, in the design world as well because it's the way the society is but also there is a very practical thing is a lot of women when they this if they decide to have a family and to have children they can't afford the support and often they stop working and when the children grow up and they decide to come back they missed a big chunk of time and find it much harder to regain their confidence and to connect with you know, you know journey, the journey of design is changing all the time. You have to be so uh, engaged in the conversations and with technology and with the world. And uh, it must be quite hard if you were removed from that for 10 years or so because you had to prioritize something else. And I think a country like UK does not give any support. You know, if you're in Scandinavia and there's some <laughs> rare countries that still give, you know, child care and support, understand the importance of it, not only for the children, but also for the the family and for the mothers in general, so they don't feel so isolated and so on. So I think there are many issues, not just in the design world, but I think they, come, they become quite evident in our world because of the way design uh, is linked to, you know, um, so many other things and the structures of power in society and and uh, to education and all the things I talked about. So I think uh, it's always a holistic discussion, isn't it? It's the same with race. It's very <coughs> rare that we get a designer that isn't white to come and ask for a job because the opportunities are not even given to many people. They are often... Uh, left to the less privileged kind of uh, opportunities. Uh, Early in life, you know, they stop having, you know, they often have to stop going to university and so on. So we have a responsibility, I guess, to try and have programs with universities, with schools to keep uh, that option (laughs) of becoming a designer open. And then you will be able to get more people to even be a candidate for a job as such.
1: I think, like you were saying, it's really important that universities and schools are opening their eyes to this and tackling it straight away so that then it's not a bump in the road that someone would hit further on down the line in their career and they're presenting them with all the possible opportunities and like all the solutions that they might need to overcome any situations that they might encounter. And we talk a lot about confidence and how... I think confidence is a big issue, especially in women and um, having that self belief. And it's something that, like, having mentors and like the support network around you and people at university to help build you up and give you that solid
3: foundation ready to enter the industry. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, 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 the kind of the bias that is, you know, the bias is everywhere. So it's also at university. So maybe white men you know, get more support or they're, they're you know, they're, they're more um, expected to do well in design, for instance. So there's, you know, like Marina said, you know, it's a structural society-wide thing and it's everywhere. So it's kind of, you need to almost address, you know, the bias, um, you know, how how things work in, in different scenarios. And also, you know, going to London, working in London uh, on a junior wage is practically impossible without support from, Parents, for instance so working class you know people from working class backgrounds it's very hard to go to London but if when you work in London you uh, it gives you a boost in your career because you've had a London experience so there's there's lots of barriers for people across the board um, and I think for women I think I mean if you look at design degrees they are practically 60-70% women and I've always wondered like what happens to these women they start and then they seem to drop off and that's I think that's a really big big issue and and uh, you know it kind of creates a hole in your career when you drop out um and I think it's to do with culture in 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 agencies and some agencies uh, you know there's a real you know male dominated culture not very diverse it needs addressing in lots of different areas. And yes, it's like people, women need to find their voices, but I think they also need to be listened to. They've got voices. It's just, you know, they get dismissed very often in in meetings and you have to, like Marina said, you have to be really quite tough. You know, you get talked over, you get mansplained, you know, we've all been there. And it's kind of not to go in yourself, but actually push yourself out more is actually almost feels contradictory. And it's you almost need to train women, I think, or, you know, give them support, what to expect when they leave university, because I think university is also like a very kind of diverse, very supportive bubble. And then you go out in the real world and there's actually racism and sexism there. And how do you how do you make sure you you know, keep standing and keep going and fight for what you want, what's good for you? So I think that's. You know, that's that's a challenge that you know, we all we all
2: have a responsibility
3: to make that better really.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's not one thing, but it's yeah, all exactly. these things together. Yeah. And uh I think you know, we all probably remember you in different stages to me, but I remember when you know, either women are are taken for their appearance, you know, that's what people take notice of, which is very common and then sometimes sadly women also build on that rather than trying to you know which is quite sad but, but it, you know what can you do it you kind of train to be this you know if you look good maybe you get a job or maybe people will listen to you which is almost is it, counterproductive yeah isn't it's it? the opposite of what you want <laughs> yeah and you're not respected for who you really are. But then there are this, you know, with, I, I mean, in my years of experience, so many times, uh, you remember, you almost pushed out of the room of the, con- where the conversation is happening, or there are situations where, you know, women can be quite bullied in a way by all kinds of sides of, you know, people in the agency or clients or, and uh, you, to resist all of this, you, you have to become stronger and stronger. So there's that. Um, but I think the the, the child care is a big, you know, it's a massive issue. Said, because I've seen so many women start with me, and then they had to interrupt, and they didn't manage to come back. Also, because as we know, when you have a child, uh, life changes, and, and people sometimes lose confidence. And, you know, there are other things that happen to, you know, which uh, are hard as well. So I think women have many challenges that uh, make this difficult, but we need to be careful. We don't just say, oh, well, then, you know, it's natural. No, it's not natural. I think we have to uh, create ways because also think the more we see, you know, when you have female leaders in the world, as you know, like look at Finland, for example, how you get incredible minds that are caring about things that, um, you know, It and you can't simplify, but there is a way of seeing the world that can bring so many positive, uh, you know, there's some kind of more sympathy with the world in general and, and nature and, and you know, looking after uh, things. It's more about the collective, your, isn't it? The yeah, collective and, and the collective. Yeah, needs and, and without it. again uh, any stereotypes, it's just there are you know some instinct of, of of doing certain things that, um, you know, can be a we can suffer from that, but we can also really thrive on that because you know the world needs more care now and it needs, uh, you know, all of that so. I think the discussion obviously is not about women and design only, it's women in the industry as such. But I think the design brings to surface a lot of those things, because it's often, uh, you know, got some elements that make the injustice uh, even bigger. Because if you haven't had the privilege to even become a designer or to have the time to, and, uh, you know, all of those things, there's many privileges attached to that journey, which make uh, it easier for some than for others. There's lots of work to be done there. Still, there's a lot. Unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> uh, we all are there in, in, and I think the worst thing is when when we're dismissive. I think it's, it's you know, we who are lucky to be doing in practicing design have almost a responsibility to to help make that change um so we can't just say oh no it's not a thing which i have heard from uh, other designers and i was quite surprised because you know because we are a bit lucky doesn't mean uh it's you know easy for everyone or anything and it's not easy for you know for me or anyone either you just i think when you get you know, when you get a bit older and you've done years of experience, you feel a bit um, more comfortable with, you know, conversations, you don't feel so intimidated. So that obviously helps, you know, yeah. uh, and you just have to remind yourself to believe in who you are. You know, it's not it's not down to what we wear or, or how, or to shouting or to having to pretend anything, just the more you are your own voice, the more chances are that you will be believed because you're saying what comes from your heart. I think that's a great note to finish on, isn't it? Thank you so much. Thank um, you, very thank much. you so much. much. Excellent.
3: Excellent. Yeah. 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 Good yeah. luck.
2: Good- really wonderful what you're doing. thank you
4: everyone so much for listening today we hope you enjoyed our season finale a huge thank you to the fabulous marina willer for her time and advice today i have learned a huge amount and also just found everything very reassuring her point about feeling a little bit lost is something i think everyone feels at some point we just need to keep replaying marina's advice in our heads believe in the things you've been doing and learning trust your own voice and keep working to find your passion So once again, thank you so much Marina for taking us through your career and sharing your invaluable experiences. As I'm sure you know by now, Unfiltered is brought to you by We Are Outspoken and Women Unlimited. We Are Outspoken is a community of kick-ass women who support those in the early stages of their careers and a place where people can share their failings, wins and experiences. We know exactly what you're going through because we're in it ourselves. Women Unlimited was the first platform for women in the creative and marketing industry set up in Birmingham, with the aim of inspiring, supporting and empowering women in our industry to reach their full potential. We'd love to hear what you guys thought of this episode, so feel free to slide into our DMs on Insta or Twitter. Our handles are at womenunlimited, that's at womenunltd and at weareoutspoken, and that's at weare underscore outspoken and then another underscore at the end so give us a follow. Thanks very much for listening again, goodbye!